Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. And welcome back, rugby fans. It's the rant. Oh, man, it's the big guy. I got to stretch. I had a lot of fun this weekend uh, watching MLR. I had a good day off. I had a late night watch party because Rooney was on the West Coast. So took a nice long nap today. But again, it's the big guy. It's the hammer. We're at episode 125. And with us today is Ryan Ginty. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Uh, pleasure to be here, guys. Been listening to you for a long time. And uh, now I uh, get to come on the show with you and uh, get punched around a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Well, Listen. now we know where our one listener comes from. <laughs> Besides the three listens we get between me, Rob, yeah. and Ty. Yeah. But uh, Ryan, if you don't know, um, you know, uh, uh, director of Next Level Rugby. He's also a producer and director of various rugby matches from the international level all the way through the college level. And, of course, a rugby coach, uh, part of uh, his repertoire near and dear to his heart. Um, so we do have a, a legit rugby expert here. I'd be careful with the expert. I wouldn't say expert. I'd say. Well, that's uh, that. Yeah, when somebody comes and calls me a rugby pundit, I went. I'm just a dude who talks shit online, but I'm the only guy doing it. All right, like it's, it's easy to be the expert when there aren't that many people doing rugby. So, well, part of, part of what we do here is we try and educate the fan, and what we're going to do next is go to our around the pitch segment. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your micro crew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. So we're going to start off with Ryan and his around the pitch uh, uh, topic. Ryan, what do you got for us? Well, uh, I hate to uh, bring this up to Rob, and I hate to uh, just punch him in the face with it, but uh, if we look into the college game, um, what might be a little bit of an unexpected result uh, or expected, depending upon how you look at it, but uh, life uh, beat Lindenwood. And, uh, I mean, they beat them pretty handily, but it didn't start off that way. Uh, Lindenwood got up to 22-3 to start on uh on life um and then at the 27 minute mark it was just all life after that it was five consecutive tries just boom 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 uh lindy would have nothing in response for it uh kind of a big shock because i mean i think that lindenwood is one of the teams that you think is looking to revenge it's uh lost last year to army but now it's like we look into the national championship contender then life is saying hey no man we're not done like uh don't forget about us like we made it paid uh 
a little sloppy 27 minutes, but uh, when we turn it on, you know, life running Eagles, boy, they run. Yeah, what will be interesting to see is, is, is that a product of the fact that life can get on the pitch earlier and kind of get, you know, uh, get their legs in under him earlier in the season as opposed to, you know, the worst weather there in St. Louis? I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to make excuses. It's certainly going to sounded make, like an excuse. Yeah, it's certainly going to make that match. Yeah, that match in in St. Louis is going to be an awfully interesting match. And I think that one's uh, in March and March 25th, maybe something like that. So and I guarantee yeah. Hammer will be there. Uh, I guarantee I will be there as well. Yeah. And you know that that weather in March in St. Louis is brutal. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous, right? Well, since since we're on the topic of Rob, I'll be in my budgie smugglers. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I won't embarrass my wife like that. Um, listen, I I want to throw a shout out to a, a a friend of the show, a guest of the show, Captain Kate Zachary, of course, U.S. Eagle uh, Captain, our Lady Eagles here in this last World Cup. She reached a milestone with the Exeter Chiefs, 50 caps uh, with the Exeter Chiefs, an awesome milestone under her tenure. Um, they were the two 2022 cup champions. They were in the 2022 premiership final. So it's great to see captain Kate get some more accolades and add to her already rich resume. But uh, I'm so uh, just so excited for her. Cause I think she's just um, represents everything that's wonderful about uh, rugby and about women's rugby here in the United States. And listen, I'm going to continue with that vein, talking about another one of our uh, Lady Eagles there. Uh, Tess Fury won the back of the week this week from the DMP Sharks. Um, even though they got, uh, I got to be honest, they got beat down by the Bristol Bears 55-7. to One of the bright spots was Tess Fury, and I think me and Ryan would, would say probably one of the best players on that squad right now. Um, the only thing we can do is go up from that 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 Shark squad. And Tess Fury is one of those building blocks, um, you know, I, lo- I love I love harping on people from the tri-state area as what I'm going to claim. And uh, don't worry, it wasn't a, it wasn't Rooney. It was Rooney adjacent. Um, but yeah, Tess Fury, congratulations on getting back of the week. Ryan, what's, what's your second, second topic? topic? Uh, you know, actually, I'm going to switch it up because now that you just told me something, I think it's even more important. Actually, I'm not going to say more important because it is. But I think it might be is and this is in line with Tess and Kate is what the RFU just uh, came out and said for women having uh maternity leave maternity leave right yep. like they're them paying them pull out from maternity leave taking that step um you know allowing women to go out to be mothers and come back and compete in the sport which is something that's very hard to do you know what i mean it's it's, it's been impossible before not impossible i don't say but i mean people haven't been compensated for it but now you see the rfus coming in and i mean they're leaving the front when it comes to women's rugby right they're professional contracts and now they're coming out and they're saying hey we're gonna back you if you have a you go out, you have a kid, you take time off. We're going to support you. We're going to give you maternity leave. We're going to do that. I think that's huge. Um, I think that's probably my second one uh, that I'm going to use uh, coming back there. But then also um, 50 cap mark, Ryan Mattias as well, too. Congratulations. I uh, got his 50th cap for San Diego and got a try as well, too. Um, look like those boys are having a lot of fun. Awesome event out there. And a uh, heck of a way to uh, end that match for San Diego Legion, get Ryan uh, on his 50th cap. See what Ginty did there? He kind of snuck in a third around the pitch. That, Seriously. That was, that was good. That was, that was, that, that took skill. I'm impressed. So um, I'm going to go with my second around the pitch and um, <laughs> a little bit of self promotion here for rugby rant fans. But uh, I just uh, completed an interview with none other than 
Eagles interim head coach, Scott Lawrence. And I would encourage you when it comes out to check it out, because if you're a fan of the U.S. Eagles, you're going to love this interview. He provides, uh, I mean, he's been doing the circuit. He, he, DJ Coyle interviewed him just this last weekend in the Hounds DC match, but um, he released some pretty good information. Give us a, a pretty good idea of what his vision is for uh, the U.S. Eagles. He's building an identity already. He's already started to get uh, kind of a leadership team, and he understands what he wants to do with that leadership team and connecting them with the current crop of Eagles and then how he's going to funnel in the U-20s and the next crop of Eagles that will take us into 2027 and 2031. And uh, listen for him to explain in that interview about what's called Eagles DNA. I think it's critical uh, in providing that foundation for his vision and the identity to be able to give our Eagles pride in who they are, where they come from, what they do, and where they're going to be going forward. So uh, check it out. It should be out in a uh, week or so, uh, but be watching for it. Again, the interview with Scott Lawrence, interim head coach of the USA Eagles men's program. Yep. Super excited. Uh, check out, like the, Rob said, if you want to take a, a quick, uh, check out a quick interview, our buddy Dougie Coyle. I did interview him. It was a good interview and I can't wait. I can't wait for us to put out ours. Um, he's been super open and honest about what he's looking to do. Yeah. Um, he's been making the rounds, so I'm glad he can come on the show. And um, so going to my last uh, topic here, it's kind of going back to a little bit of what Ryan was talking about with that San Diego Legion match. Uh, San Diego Legion broke the attendance record of their home opener at Snapdragon Stadium. I believe 11,247 uh, was the total there. Um, you know, that that best by a large margin. Uh, the, the current attendance record. Um, very excited to see that. That's it's it's good to see that. Obviously, the MLR is growing. The, the teams like San Diego have that many followers that, they, that can come in and pack out the stadium. Um, very excited to see, and and I can't wait to see what the other numbers were over the course of the week. Um, again, and, and going back to kind of what we talked about, you know, weeks ago about the schedule, we're having some very exciting Northeast home openers. You know, Rooney's opening up this week uh, on Sunday. It's supposed to snow on Saturday. It's going to be awesome on Sunday. The big guy's excited. You know, the big guy loves to see rugby in the weather. This is why we play in New York. This is why we live here. I've been playing sports in New York all my life. You know, rain, wind, snow, whatever. This, those are the best matches, in my, my opinion. So very excited for that. Um, and speaking of, uh, you know, Snapdragon and, and San Diego Legion week one, that's what we're going to talk about on the ne- on the rugby rant coming up next. Um the question is, were the week one results as you expected? But quickly, let's hear a word from our sponsors. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy. But we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. Welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. We're here for the rant, like we said. We're, the, the question of the week is, were week one results as you expected? Now, we kicked off week one with awesome matches on Friday. Toronto at ATL, New England at NOLA. We ended the weekend, Houston at Dallas. We had some big uh, uh, surprises. We had some things that we thought were going to go the way they thought. Uh, my Super Brew is all screwed up, so I'm, I'm, I know I didn't win week one, but that's a, that's a different rant and a different story and a different episode. 
But Ryan, why don't you kick us off with what are the week one results as you expected? Uh, first off, I need to get on Super Brew because I would have whooped some ass this week. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, it's like I would have been I would have been on top of it. But uh, that's week one. I'm sure I'm going to screw it all up from here on out. Uh, I think pretty much exactly what I think should have happened happened this weekend, right? Like you know, um, Toronto a little bit slow out the gates. Uh, that has been Toronto forever, right? Uh, this ATL team was probably the one surprise that I think like I expected more out of this ATL team. Um, especially as bad as Toronto played for the beginning of the game. Um, I would have figured and haven't seen Toronto or seen Atlanta actually play in person um, in that scrimmage they did down last week in Florida with Chicago and the Raptors. Like, I thought they were better. So I, I would say that that was probably the match that I didn't see what I expected out of it. Um, New England, obviously, New England going out there, you know, doing what they're doing. Poor Nola. Um, I mean, I just don't know when Nola's going to get good at rugby. You know, uh, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, and I hate to say it, but it, but it's true. Um, old Glory, Chicago Hounds, everybody's been sleeping on this Old Glory team. You know, this Old Glory team, you know, it's a good team that went up. And, I mean, they beat your uh, Iron Workers in preseason, which we all know preseason really doesn't mean anything. Um, but they put out a good performance. And then the Hounds, you know, I think the Hounds, Rob, we were talking about this earlier, too, is that, you know, that's uh, they've got some maturing to do in some positions, right? They're not at full strength with all of their team um, that they have with all their big hitters. And uh, but what they do have, Chicago does have, is they do have a potent uh, forward pack, right? And I went back, I watched it again. They were pretty good. Um, San Diego, I won't step on your fire, Scott. I'll let you go and talk all about San Diego and that stuff. That was awesome. Um, that was awesome. Uh, Seattle, New York, uh, that was a slugfest back and forth. I, I wish that they had raised the lift a little bit higher so we could actually see the rugby being played. And we weren't shooting through people the whole time. I think that was probably. The one thing that was like the glaring thing that I didn't like about this weekend, um, especially for a Fox Sports 1 game. But, uh, you know, and then the Houston Jackals game, like, you know, I think the Jackals might win a game this year. So uh, so that's promising. So um, that's pretty much, uh, yeah, what I thought of the weekend. You know, uh, exciting that Major League Rugby is back, that we have American Rugby, you know, in our households. Every game we're able to watch, uh, exciting rugby. And then, uh, I mean, again, right, like, I, I'm still riding high off that San Diego match. Like, that just looked great. Uh, sight lines were awesome. Venues there. Um, I think that one kind of answers the question, uh, what's more important, to have a, a legitimate stadium or a yeah. stadium that's not really legitimate with packed house? Like, you get a legitimate stadium and you might start packing houses. You know what I mean? And it's going to look yeah. way better. It's going to look better on TV. Um, you know, I, I, I full statement here. I don't think any game that doesn't have a legit stadium should be on anything. should be on Fox Sports. Um, but like great weekend. Uh, if you're, you know, major league rugby staff, you got to be happy with this. Um, if your teams, you know, you got to be happy. And I mean, if you're the Chicago Hounds, you got to be pretty happy too. I mean, you got a team on the field in three months. So, uh, yeah. hats off. Yes, everybody. Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good weekend. I would say too, I was a little disappointed in, uh, the Seattle uh, angle as well, but I do know from, you know, previous production questions that we've asked the MLR, um, the wind does have a lot to do with it. And I know that Rooney had that issue in 2019 uh, being in Brooklyn and right on the water there. Uh, sometimes their, their scissor lifts couldn't go above a certain height due to ocean safety issues. So I can, I can understand why um, listen, they still got the production off. They still got, they still got on FS2 to transfer to FS1. Uh, the, the San Diego match got knocked off because NASCAR ran long and then they had uh, a college basketball and then, and then they got bumped to the internet and then back on. And here's, well, I'll do say one thing about that. There's a lot of people pissed off about that, but I gotta be honest, Fox pays their bills through NASCAR. People don't realize NASCAR is, is the biggest sport in America, believe it or not. 
Um, it is. It surpasses the, the big four constantly as far as viewership and the amount of sponsor money that goes into that sport. Um, so F Fox Sports knows where the bills are paid. So we expect that. I mean, it's been happening season to season between college basketball, which which March Madness is another sport, you know, another side of the sport that pays their bills. So expect that until March Madness is over. Um, but Rob, we'll throw it to you. What did you expect this weekend? Well, you know, there were a couple of takeaways. I'm not going to spend time in each game. I think there were some things that were rather poignant or stood out in my mind. And one of them is, you know, in my talking about Super Brew, um, I, I picked ATL to get to get beat by Toronto. Uh, and I don't know what the f- stink I was thinking, right? Because um, ATL has been dominant in defense. It's been a Scott Lawrence hallmark. And I really thought with this kind of changeover on the business side of things that we would see some kind of changeover in the rugby side of things. But Steve Brett had those guys going. Uh, they were great on defense. They were very uh, clinical in their attack. Um, you know, cause they've never been a high scoring team, but they've never needed to be cause their defense has been pretty good. Um, so I shouldn't have been shocked that they came out on top over Toronto. And again, we know Toronto kind of tends to be a slow starter too, cause they don't get outside early on. Um, so I, I don't know why I picked, uh, a, a, why I picked Toronto over ATL, but, um, they just had, as I said, ATL had 147 tackles versus 121 Toronto. Typically, a higher tackling team loses, uh, but that's not the case with with this Atlanta team. Um, so that was one of the one of the takeaways from the weekend. The other takeaway, you know, Ryan talked about the Hounds. You know, everybody thought, oh, this Hounds team, they're going to be um, world beaters from the get go, and you know, it's I, I they're going to come along. But uh, folks, I I, I think. Um, we can expect them to take longer than expected to come along. I think there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, and, and one of them is the fact that, um, you know, as pointed out uh, by Brian Ray, they don't have a ton of depth at, at, at a lot of positions. So, you know, because they assembled this team in short order, they don't have that depth and it becomes a little difficult um, to have uh, and develop your defense when you don't have, you know, uh, players on the other side and training to develop that offense. And I don't know that, you know, the Hounds have had that time together to help develop those, you know, defensive communications and those defensive systems. Um, But clearly they have the ability to launch that firepower, as Ryan mentioned, with the forward attack, that go forward ball, especially from Luke White. He's an absolute monster. So expect them to get better as we move forward through the season. But um, I think, you know, they're going to they're going to see some pretty stiff opposition coming up here um, as they progress through the schedule. So uh, I'm interested in seeing how they do against Utah in two weeks. Uh, of which a game I'll be at, by the way. Um, and then uh, OGDC, you know, again, uh, like Ryan said, I, you know, we, we undersell them, but I think they're going to be a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and, and I don't know why the hell uh, the Flapjacks can still get under Nola's skin. Um, I was so disappointed in, in Nola. I thought with, uh, you know, a couple of changes of the back line, they would really develop that firepower to match their, their forward pack. Uh, but um, they just, I didn't see any create creativity or continuity out of that uh, back line this weekend. And they didn't have a lot of possession either. So maybe that was part of it. Uh, I thought the, um, the official on the day, and that was a uh, Cisco Lopez. One of the things that kind of shocked me is the fits and starts through which he officiated that game. Very different from a Scott green game where he kind of lets some things go and kind of lets things play on. 
uh, so that, you know, the players can get into the continuity and flow of the game a little bit more. Not a bitch about the officiating, just something that I, that I noticed and saw. Yeah. I mean, we talk about consistency, but you know, that's, it's from official to official. It's, it's going to be what it's going to be. But speaking of super brew and the fact that I got this carb stomp this week, uh, congratulations to Chad Cooper. Chad Cooper won week one of our super brew tournament. He gets $25 uh, um, dollars to uh, shop MLR.com. Now he went perfect in his picks. He hit the, uh, he hit the margin pretty close to the margin on three out of six. So he also gets the grand slam points for 9.5 points total. Um, again, Chad Cooper, congratulations on your super brew win a week one. Uh, we're coming for you. And then uh, real quick, they do give a wooden spoon. I'm going to shout this person out by their little screen name. Oat milk Supreme worst round got the wooden spoon. It wasn't the big guy. Thank God for that. So let me talk about some of the things, uh, some of the matches here. So Toronto, Atlanta, it was very, I was very depressed to see Toronto kind of in their same way, as far as their handling errors and, and their sometimes lack of urgency. And even though at the last minute they got the bonus point, I'd like to point out that with um, with three minutes left, they were down by 10. And uh, they had just scored a try. Yeah, they just scored a try. They're down by 10. They were they get the ball on the restart with three minutes left and immediately kicked it back to ATL. So, I mean, they were lucky to get that extra score for the bonus point at the death. But with three minutes left, you should be thinking about the fact that not only could I score off the bat right here, there's a potential for me to get another restart and score again. I'm unsure why you would kick the ball at that point. And I know that tackle kicking in and the, um, the the push that they have when they do kick the ball and their defense on it is really good and it forces teams to make mistakes. But with three minutes left, you have to have the ball in hand. And then on top of that, when Atlanta got the ball, they kicked it right back to Toronto. Who then kicked it right back. So not only did they kick, they kicked it twice out of their possession. And Atlanta, too. I don't know what the heck they were thinking. You're up by 10 points. Um, you can have the ball in hand and grind out the next three minutes. I, I don't understand in the last three minutes the kicking game for those those two that, that match. It was very I didn't know what to think. Um so that that was not expected. Um Nola and New Orleans, uh, New England rather. Um, you know, going going I knew New England was gonna be a good team. Um, they have the, the roster for it. They gel together. They've been together for a while, um, longer than some of the other teams in the league have been practicing. I was surprised that NOLA had the same amount of errors that they kind of consistently have. This is like the third or fourth year talking about it, and I know Rob gets very frustrated with it. This is why I'm talking about it. I don't want him to go crazy, and I want him to have some some upside going into next week. But I just don't understand, you know, especially their handling, again, within the five-meter line and within the 22, like, it's it's like every time they touch the ball, it's 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 get ahead of themselves, um, and and New England steamrolled them on their their set piece, which was amazing to me because I got to be honest, Nola has a, a really good uh, forward pack, um, so to get steamrolled like that at home, um, I did think you know I never picked N- New England to win, I thought they were going to win in a tight one, even though I didn't pick it that way, but the steamrolling was was surprising. Um, the DC Chicago score actually wasn't surprising. I know Chicago uh, had issues with some of their guys getting over, and I think they still have some issues with some guys not being there. So you can kind of tell they didn't have uh, that that synergy. Um, and DC, if you look at their roster, made a whole bunch of upgrades. I mean, they got that friggin' tight head prop from Argentina, who spent the last couple years in France. I think he's like six three. 
like 300 pounds. He's a big friggin' dude. That's another one. Shout out to, to Dougie Coyle for an interview with, with that prop. I forget his name. I'm sorry. You can check out DJ Cole Rugby for that one. Um, so, you know, DC got the upgrade. They played the new, the, new, the new kids on the block. Again, they're in DC. Chicago got to travel. Expected again. I thought it was going to be closer. Um, we're moving on to San Diego, Utah. Again, it seems as though the teams play the way they they expected to or have been playing. Um, we we see this this with Utah when they're not playing at home. All of a sudden, sometimes the offense kind of gets a little glitch. Not really sure what that's about. Um, and obviously, playing uh, um, a major major team like San Diego at home at Snapdragon with that eleven thousand two hundred forty seven pe- person crowd. Although the cohort was there, front row. Uh, shout out to Marcus and Sean and all those guys. Um, you know, it's ha- it's a hard place to play. I'm sure the emotion is not the best for the opposing team to come into. But again, I was just a little surprised by Utah uh, going into Seattle, New York. Obviously, I picked New York to win. Um, New York kind of had the same issues that Nola had. They were they were kind of shooting themselves in the foot on some of the plays. I know the I know when uh, we interviewed Coach Semple about what their attitude is. It's like you know, make mistakes. Want to have that champagne, move the ball, tap, touch rugby. And sometimes when it doesn't hit, this is what you get, especially with a good defensive team like Seattle. Um, not that this had anything to do with the scoreline, or I think this had anything to um, it would have changed the game at all, but Andrew Coe got a penalty and subsequently a yellow card for an intentional knock. I believe World Rugby has taken away the yellow card for the intentional knock, so I would like to know, one, if, if World Rugby is not going with the card, but MLR is, they should clarify that. Or two, if the official made the mistake because for 10 years he's been officiating, and that's been a card, and it's still a card in sevens, and the official, just say that, that's fine. Like I said, it wouldn't have changed the result. Rooney killed themselves, especially in that first half with just a ton of penalties that um, uh, uh, the fly half chait, you know, was just sinking uh, down the middle, sliding all those conversions. So, But again, I think it's just interesting. That's a world rugby change, but that called. Um, going down to the last match, Dallas-Houston, Kind of what I expected. Houston made some big upgrades from last season. Dallas, I mean, just our buddy Rick Collins just kind of showed you, um, and, and, uh, and Dustin Zer, like the <laughs> the team sheet they put out. A ten year old could have done, <laughs> and they compared it to a D three team, which doesn't have the resources, and I'm sure doesn't have the time. And the D three production of their roster was better. And but, I just and, like. Yeah, I, I just, I just can't. I'm like, if that's the way the production is going to go, I mean, it doesn't cost that much. I could do it. I could do it better for free. Well, they spent they all that money on that on stadium. I think that's what it was. They spent <laughs> all that, that money on the stadium. And the but I do, I do believe it's, it's kind of like if your, if your top level is, is kind of not there, it's going to drip down to the players. And we saw that last year with a bunch of changes. Well, you're and spoiled. Now that, you're spoiled yeah. because you got New York absolutely had the coldest, the hardest roster release of any team this week <laughs> everybody do it if you haven't seen it you need to see what new york did that shit was hot atlantis was cool too um yeah. but like but yeah 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 but even just the team sheet it should be clean it should look professional it should show your guys it should show you know your your bench and dallas was just i i mean i can't i can't explain it um but but i mean you guys have anything else to say about some of these matches if you want to go into some detail I think that, uh, you know, going to San Diego, right? I mean, if we want to do a way too early predictions, right? If we're going off of form this week, San Diego is the champion of this week, right? Like, if we just look at, like, the best performing team this weekend, hands down, the Legion came out. That's a team that's been together forever. That's a team that's got great resources. A team that has a lot of belief behind them in their fan base, 
Um, and San Diego is a hotbed of American rugby. As much as it pains to say that, somebody from the Northeast that, you know, San Diego and Southern California is, I mean, it is. It's great what they're doing down there. Um, so I think that that's great. You know, again, we talked a little bit about D.C. Um, you know, this Dallas team, though, like I will say, I was actually the uh, wing Maroney. He was impressive. I think he's going to be out. He's going to be outstanding. Um, J.P. Aguirre was pretty damn good, too. Uh, Naposki hit like one corner to set up a try. I mean, his loop around the back where he attacked the space. I mean, Dallas has pieces this year, and they're, they're definitely not going to get blanked out like they got blanked out last year. Um, but again, you know, they're also playing that uh, they're playing South Africa, in, right? Like they're playing basically South Africa and the Houston Sabercats with Danny Barrett, who, who I mean, we haven't even talked about Danny Barrett yet. I mean, that dude is just turning over ball left and right, you know, falling apart on the field, gets back into the game, keeps going, tearing it up. Um, so Danny Barrett, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, like a great performance on the weekend, dude. Like, I mean, Definitely. that's like, you know, it just, just absolutely crushed it. Um, and then, uh, again, like, I will also say, like, like you know, talking about this ATL team and underperformance and stuff that I thought that they could do a lot better in, um, I think that you need to pay attention to Will Leonard this year. Uh, uh, don't don't even critic. start. Uh, I've I've been I've been on the Will piggy 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 train for a while. Yeah, that's I love MCU Will Park. Since MCU yeah, Park back yeah, then. I've been yeah. I love Will um, uh, since he lived at the murder house with Rooney. I mean, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Will Leonard and Ross Deacon, who's also on that squad, who comes in uh, to spell Jason Dom. Um, you know, I got to be honest. I always feel like Ross the Boss Deacon should be starting on that squad because he would definitely be starting on other, other squads. But that's where he wants to be. And he's getting his time. Um, so speaking of, of specific players, Luke Cardi went off with an injury. From what I've heard, it's a little more serious than originally thought. Um, so we'll see where he's coming this, in. I know Chicago has is, a bye week, right? And then they're going yeah, and playing. They have a bye week, and then March they play 5th. Houston in their home opener. Yeah, so, so we'll or, see sorry, if he's available. Utah in their home opener, excuse me. We'll see if he's available for Utah at the home opener. It might be a little yeah. more uh, a little more time than we thought. And also, Conor McManus for Rooney went out with a quad. He's been dealing with a quad injury since the start of camp. So I wonder how that's going to affect uh, the play there. I do have to say, though, Watching Connor Buckley go in there, and there was at one point Connor Buckley counter uh the Seattle team, where he took on a prop, a lock, and the loose forward, and grabbed all three of them at the same time to try and counter rock them. He's like a little baby gorilla. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you don't see that a lot through your through your scrummies. Um, so I, he's he's definitely breaking the mold as far as being that kind of cheeky little scrum half. Hey, that's getting the face. That I mean, I'm telling you, he's he's and he's, a New he's getting the ball out quick. And, yeah. and the thing is, yeah, he it's. I was glad to see him get a start because with Andy there last year, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to to show out. Um, but but it's you know, and of course Connor McManus there. But I was glad I was glad to see him in the twenty three this this year because um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't wait was, to see what he does. And, and I got to be honest, I, Connor McManus is, I would say, just a step ahead of of Connor Buckley just because he's played a little more, um, and it's 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 about getting the ball out quick. And they both get the ball out quick, but Connor McManus is just that split second quicker. But as you saw. You know, Rooney scored tries off a of, off of Connor Buckley getting the ball out. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was was um, Frig. <laughs> was that Utah team? It they looked good, like they just. I don't think they touched the ball enough. Like they just didn't have enough ball touches to kind of get going. San Diego really held on to their possession and converted a lot of their ball work, and they were they were methodical in in pushing and 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 holding and and doing the things you need to do to try and ground the team. I wonder, you know, we Ginty's already calling San Diego Champions League in week one. Um, you know, 
That's 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 that stamp it, put the stamp on it, put it put it in for Vegas now. Uh, but Seattle with their defense played really well. The question I have about the Seattle team, and we'll see in week two, we'll see on Friday, uh, about 24 hours after this episode airs, is some of the wind going to be blown out of their cells because they've been looking forward for six months to beating Rooney after the championship. And they, they no. played this tough emotion. Um, so I wonder if just some of some of their 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 wind is going to come out of the sails a little bit. Um, we'll no, see. This, no, this is this is a team that's I mean two time champion of the league, been in the finals. I mean, hit hit their stride last year going into the playoffs. Unfortunately, due to some some bad business on some other end, you know they got their shot. But I mean, when they got their shot last year, that was a good team. Yeah, like that team yeah. that played in the final was a really good team, and they're basically all coming back. And I tell you, I, I stood on that field and I watched Tabitha Lopetti. He didn't move for 45 minutes on that field. As everybody left, he sat there. He had his. He was watching, and you could just see him taking it in, watching all New or New York like celebrate, go into it. And like I said to him afterwards, I said, "I, I don't know you for anything, and I'm not my place to say it, but I'm excited to see what you're about to turn this into." And I mean, I think you know we saw what he did when he came out. He played the French Barbarians for the U.S. right after that match, and then now he's coming out and he's absolutely. You know, I think he's he's an electric player, and I think this Seattle team is the real deal. You want to talk about me saying? I think the West this year is 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 on fire. I think yeah. it's gonna it, it's a really good division this year, the West. Um, and you know, I, I got to be honest for a guy who who talks about oh, you know, I, I hate to talk about the West that way. You really love talking about the West Coast. <laughs> I think this year they're pretty good, man. I mean, yeah. the guy. I mean, the San Diego team's good. You know what I mean? San Diego team's good. Houston's good. Um, I mean, West. The West was really good last year, and those top two teams that, that got knocked out of the West were were gangbusters. And fortunately, yeah, no, no, Chicago absolutely. fans are in Chicago now. So, I think the parity. Yeah. I think the parity in the league is is good across the board across both of the conferences. Um, obviously, you know, New England pounding, grounding, and pounding is, is what they do. You know, they're really effective on the set piece. Um, you know, so I, I think it's oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season. I'm super excited for week two. So real quick, let me just go through the schedule of week two and maybe we'll just talk about some of these matches going into week two. So Friday night we have uh the uh, rugby ATL at Seattle. Saturday we have Dallas Jackals at Utah, we have New Orleans at Houston. Um then we have Toronto at the Ironworkers on Sunday and rounding off with the Free Jacks at San Diego. So let's talk about Friday night. Um we're we're you know it's a tough place to go. West Coast uh, in, in Starfire, um, as you saw with the Rooney team going out there. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen with this ATL team going out to Seattle? Man, that's a tough call because, uh, again, I, I think that both teams put their stamp, respective stamps on their game. I mean, I don't uh, – going back to what I said earlier, ATL never scored a lot of points. They're not that type of team. They're built around stout defense and good structures, defensive structures and a solid offensive structure with, you know, you know, put their forwards, you know, a lot of go forward ball and, you know, using their, 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 uh, you know, set piece as a basis for the attack. Um, and then Seattle is also a good defensive team. So that should be a good defensive battle. I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be a relatively low scoring affair, you know, uh, with the, the total over under, I would, I would guess under 30. You know, um, nah, 35, I'll go a little higher under 35. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. I think that's going to be uh, maybe the game of the week, uh, with the exception of maybe free Jackson and San Diego on Saturday. That should be a pretty stout game as well. And I want to say for the week one matchup, sorry, Ryan, I'll, I'll give you a second to answer that. You know, the, that first match in Atlanta was in like, it was 10 degree weather. 
So I wonder if guys were a little frozen up a little bit and just not used to it. So going to Seattle, going to be a couple degrees warmer, probably um, not, not as biting cold as it is, as it was in Atlanta. So I wonder if that'll have an effect. Yeah, no, I think the Seattle, I think the Seattle team, um, if there's one thing like Seattle, it's a great environment, right? Great home field environment. You know, it's a, usually gives you the advantage. I think when you're playing ATL, I don't think it matters where ATL plays, right? I don't think home team, home field advantage plays into this at all, regardless of how crazy and raucous that Seattle uh, Seawolves fan and that base is going to get. ATL is going to go out there. They're going to play good rugby. Um, I think, Rob, I'll take, I'll take the under on that. If you're giving me 35, I'll take the yeah, under on that all agreed. day. Um, I think it will be a, a good good match back and forth. Um, you know, the one thing that, like, I'd like to see from Atlanta that, like, you know, Seattle does have is I feel like Seattle has more X-factor players. Mm-hmm. Atlanta doesn't really have that X-factor right. player that's going to come out and just take the game and light it up, right? Um, it's going to be consistency. It's going to be, you know, phase play. It's going to be, like you said, we're going to wear you down. We're going to play our game. We're going to put you in the positions of the field that we want you to be in, and then we're going to go there. Versus Seattle, I mean, Seattle can break it from 95 meters out, right? I mean, Absolutely. they could have, like, uh, a great offload, offload, run, boom. Tavita Lepetti hit somebody, step somebody, boom. Now we're offloading. We're scoring. In the well, game. I'm not sure Lepetti will be available. I believe he got injured on a big hit. That's true. Um, he did. He took his shoulder out. He came out, out right? with his shoulder out. Um, yeah, it was it was a really, really big hit. I forgot who threw the hit. Well, I mean, um, should we, should, if we want to go on a rant right now, let's talk about why what injury reporting in rugby. It sucks. <laughs> it doesn't exist, <laughs> right? Like, there is no Major League Rugby injury yeah. report. And, you know, I think it, it kind of hampers rugby in a way, yeah. right? Like, from a coach's perspective, we don't want you to know what's well, going on. From a business perspective, from a, from how, a, you, how are you gambling? supposed to have a, a, a game? Exactly. You can't exactly. gamble. If you don't and regardless of what our buddies yeah. at, at Jack's Rangers think, Fantasy rugby is a thing that can take off in this country, and right. that's part of it too. Oh, you know what? Those guys are great, but they're they're a bunch of old dudes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, Matt shout e, out Phil Harris, Matt, Matt your e old buddy. Those guys, those, those guys are young. They're fresh. They, they've got they've got a good thing going. And I mean, that's you know, fantasy football is why, not why the NFL is as big as it is, but it's why it has so many fans that it has now. Right. So, right. Yeah. So we talked about yeah. the first match. And and, uh, and by the way, you know, speaking of that, I mean, to, to that point, like, I actually you know reached out. Uh, to my guy D short, you know, and Noel, I'm like, Hey, you know, Devin, uh, good luck this weekend. I hope you have a great match. He goes, actually, my, uh, I'm kind of laid up. got a bad ankle. I should be back the following week. Um, so, you know, if it wasn't for a, you know, a personal connection with one of the players, I would have no idea that one of my, one of my personal favorite players on that team <laughs> is not going to be playing on the weekend. And then, and then yeah. and it's that fact, right? We just saw that rant from the NBA. I forget the player going off. He goes, yeah, what if you buy a ticket and that player's not playing? Now you don't know, right? Like, yeah, you right. don't know if your favorite player's playing or something. So, I mean, Absolutely. I'm with you. Bring out Aaron Castro. Get us the IR. Get us an injury <laughs> reserve. Make that happen. <laughs> I mean, like, serious, yeah, if you want to be taken serious as a serious league, report, like, the injuries and what's going on. And, the, and that's, that's, built, that's, also, that's also built into the CBA, the NFL, about how you're supposed to um, assign a player, you know, whether they're day to day or this any other thing. And Bill Belichick has been um, 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 fined multiple times for fucking around with that. But my, my point being, Tom Brady, is Tom that, Brady, always on that list. Yeah, yeah. but 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 point being is it, it does kind of hold teams accountable from a player safety standpoint, and that's why it's part of the CBA. So real quick, we're going to just close it out with the last match of Week Two uh, preview. So we have New England going out to San Diego. Um, Ryan, why don't you start us off with that one? 
I mean, I think it's going to be great. I think it's uh, it's going to be lots of fireworks. I think it's two teams that are going to match up really well. Um, I really hope that San Diego and uh, the fans show up like they did for Snapdragon. I hope it wasn't just a yeah. one-off. Um, it seems like from what you're hearing from everybody and what you're reading on the internet, everybody that went there enjoyed it, had a great time, um, want to go back. Uh, so I think that's going to be a great venue for New England to go play at. Um, you know, I, I give this one to San Diego. I give this one to San Diego. I put money on it. Um, I think it might be a little bit of a high-scoring affair. Um, I, I'd say maybe over-under, I'd put it at about, I'd give it 43, right? I'd say about 43, not too high-scoring now that I, I've kind of retracted back a little bit. Um, but I think you're going to see but I could see it. I could see it going above that. Like, I wouldn't, if I bet the over on that, I wouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's that. But at the same time, too, I want to give both these teams credit for being good teams, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they have a lot of firepower. They do that, but they're structured. They both have very, very stout defenses. Um, they can play the game. They're they're smart. So it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't expect this to be a runaway game. Or you know maybe we'll get lucky and this is like a 35-38 Super Bowl finish, but with uh, maybe a little bit better of an ending, you know, than than we got this a uh, couple weeks ago. So, Amber, what you got? So so yeah, I, I, the hallmark of the Free Jacks I think has been a very dominant forward play. Right, not to dispel or dismiss their backs. They have a, a solid back line as well, but they have really great forwards. The guys do the dirty, nasty work. They get the ball out of the rucks. They jackal for the you know at the at the rucks defensively. And then you have a San Diego back line standing. I don't know if anybody caught the match, but in the first half, Ma Nonu made a break. Now he's not you know it's not the twenty eight or thirty year old Ma Nonu you know at forty years old that that step is not quite there, but he still makes a break and managed to get that free hand for the offload that allows them uh, you know to go and ultimately I think it was Nate Osberger scored scored the try there um, that uh, uh, on that particular play. But the fact that they have that. Um, you know, that kind of firepower in the back line just it makes them scary. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the forwards of, of the free Jacks and then the backs of San Diego. And, you know, uh, it's funny you said the score, uh, the, the, uh, the over under Ryan, because if like the under for the Atlanta Seattle match is under 35, yeah, these guys are going over 35 without doubt, you know, um, it's going to be a high scoring affair. It'll be a great way to, you know, to, to cap off the weekend. Awesome. Yep. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a great match again to end the weekend with, we have a great match to start the weekend and Rooney's coming home, baby. We got week one at home. The big guy will be super excited. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that snow waits a little bit till Saturday and we find out on Thursday, it's going to be flipping to Sunday. Some of the most cherished uh, sports memories I have with my father is going to giant stadium and watching games and tailgating in the snow, Um, sitting in the snow. uh, Most recently, I believe, Two years ago, uh, we got to see uh, Green Bay play the Giants, and it just it, it snowed like four inches at the stadium, and all these friggin' people were leaving because they're all babies and whatever. But uh, that's that's the, those are the games you remember. You know, those are the games you have fun with. Those are the games that that make you a fan of those teams for those purposes. Win, lose, or draw, just being there at the stadium. So I'm I'm super excited. Let's get hot for week two. Um, but before we go, we're going to give it back to Ryan to, to let him give a shout out to some people. Ryan, it's your time. Hey, uh, Scott, as much as you enjoy that, I'm sure if I'm a CEO or a general manager, Steve, uh, the Wizard Lewis, uh, I'm hoping for 54 degrees. And uh, that was a turnaround really <laughs> quick. So people walk through that gate and show up. Um, Steven wears a puffy jacket when it's 67 degrees out. You wouldn't know he's from Scotland. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so hey, I, I just like to, uh, you know, I just like to thank 
you know, number one, uh, people like yourselves that are going out there that are creating rugby media, right? You're creating something where there's a huge void. There is a, a very, very small amount of people that are actually going out there that are putting in their own time, that are volunteering, that are that are creating content so that fans can be up to date and uh, can get excited about rugby and get excited about Major League Rugby. Um, you know, so that's who I'd like to thank. Uh, there's a number of podcasts out there. There's a number of uh, different uh, packagers, producers and stuff. So uh, I, my, my gratitude and my thanks are for, uh, you know, the rugby rants um, and then the rugby wrap-ups and then uh, whatever else is out there, uh, uh, rugby morning, um, you know, uh, Great American Rugby, Lance Cavanaugh, uh, those guys. So basically all, all the media producers that are going out there, uh, putting in the hard work now. I mean, I've been doing this for like 10 years now. I've uh, been uh, struggling as a rugby producer. Um, finally hitting some pay dirt and uh, things are starting to look up because the economy is actually changing. Um, and we're getting to a good spot where uh, we're actually seeing rugby. We're seeing consistently um, rugby across the board. And, you know, I think it's uh, in large part due to individuals like yourselves uh, putting on productions like this. So uh, thank you. Um, keep doing it and uh, keep going out and keep kicking ass. Hey, appreciate it, man. I mean, yep. with the, it's it's a community where we try and uh, uh, push our our friends to do better. Um, we really, I wouldn't say we have any rivals in this thing arena right um me and rob uh say it all the time we appreciate everybody who's putting out this content for north american rugby um the guys like dj coil the guys like brian ray you know you, you mentioned rugby rap with her with my buddy maddie um the jacks rangers you know all the different fan podcasts that there are you know i do the rooney one jacks rangers the the gold diggers that rob does you know it's, it's we're trying to branch out and if we can make the sport professional on this level just bit by bit it can only help serve the sport as, as the MLR grows. We appreciate you being on Ryan. Yep. Um, this is a great episode. I'm sure we'll have you back later this season to, to mid season. Probably I think is a good time to recap the first half of the season, but fans, uh, this is a great episode. Love talking week one. We're going right into week two again, kicking off tomorrow at 10 30. You have um, uh, ATL at Seattle at Starfire. It's going to be a great match, but until then I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrar for the hammer. For Ryan Ginty, his first appearance on the show, and our buddy Ty, who couldn't be here. Man, love love making fans of rugby one at a time, and we'll see you at the next. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.